welcome to SED. I'm your host, Jane Dagme, Editor-in-Chief of Designers Today. SED covers the wonderful industry of interior design from various, often eclectic, angles. At its most literal, SED is the spoken complement to what's written in the pages of our magazine. Esoterically speaking, SED, S-A-I-D, stands for Something About Interior Designers. In a nutshell, the podcast is devoted to the ongoing curiosity and admiration we have for these diverse, passionate, and often quirky individuals. SED celebrates the way they think, work, live, and define themselves. Enough said. Let's get into our show. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. Today, my guest is Leanne Baker, a Seattle-based interior designer who opened her practice 17 years ago. I enjoyed our conversation very much, and Leanne was quite forthcoming. We really didn't know each other, having only met ever so briefly in New York at a Roche-Beaubois store. Leanne was in town for a Gail Doby boardroom retreat, and Gail introduced us. Before I go on, I asked Gail to say a few words about Leanne, and here is what she said. This is Gail Doby with Gail Doby Coaching and Consulting. And I just wanted to give you a little bit of a story about lovely Leanne Baker. She is one of my favorite clients. Of course, all my clients are my favorites, but Leanne is just one of these people that I just adore because she has this great sense of humor. She's smart. She's thoughtful. And she is also an incredible business person. Thanks, Gail. Thanks for giving us a little insight into Leanne's character. Leanne and I cover a lot of ground in our conversation. There's the usual, where she grew up, early signs of creativity, and of course, the mandatory, how are you making it through COVID? I love learning that she lives in the house that she grew up in on Mercer Island. I remember when she told me that, I made a mental note to ask her, and what does it look like now? But guess what? I forgot to ask. So I asked her in a follow-up email, and here's the scoop. The house is a work in progress with many updates still to go. But what they've done so far is this. They've painted just about every surface, laid down more hardwood flooring, and redid the landscaping. Leanne also bumped out the front of the house and created a larger entry and much-needed mudroom. And they ripped out a giant oak bar and put in a gym with a Peloton treadmill and bike, which she is so thankful for and says it's been a savior since lockdown. The other thing that I loved learning about Leanne was that after working for an interior designer and architect in New York, Leanne became a trade magazine editor. Yep. In the late 90s, she and a design school colleague launched To The Trade. We talked quite a bit about that. And in an email, Leanne pointed me to a Crane's New York Business article from August 20th, 2001, titled, Interior Design Magazine Comes Up Against Brick Wall, which reported about their decision to shutter the publication. Leanne wrote to me, I have never once seen it as a failure because it was so amazing, not only for the people I got to meet and interview, but also for the opportunity to learn and grow. On September 5th, 2001, she subletted her Upper West Side apartment, flew back to Washington State to see her family and assess next steps. Six days later, next steps became very clear. She returned to New York when it was okay to fly again and packed up her belongings. She also vowed never to work in interior design again. From how she describes her design business now, Leanne's clients must be awfully happy that she broke that promise. And now, please meet interior designer and former editor, Lee Ann Baker. Leanne speaking. Leanne, it's Jane Dagme. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I am recording this call. Is that okay with you? Yes. Okay. Pressure to say something smart and meaningful, though. Well, you know, I, I, what, yes, yes, for me too. Believe me, and I, <laughs> I, I realized during COVID that, um, I, I didn't have the time to like call somebody up and kind of get to know them, and then go, wow, this is so great. Can we, can I call you again? And can we do a podcast? So I thought, you know what, I have all my equipment here. I just tape, and then if I, you know. I just tape it and I have it and it can be, I don't have to type while we're talking. If we think there's some gold there, it can become a podcast or part of a podcast and it's all good. And if you, and at any point you can go, uh, this, I want, you know, this is off the record and that works too. So, okay. It's all good. So, yeah. 
Um, well, gosh, what's it like in Seattle or Mercer Island today? Well, I'm actually, um, I live on Mercer Island, but I work in my offices in Seattle and I'm in my office. So um, it's beautiful today. Summer's finally arrived. Um, well, it got arrives and then on. it goes away, doesn't it? It's <laughs> like Seattle, like today it's summer and then tomorrow it's fall. <laughs> yeah. I like to joke that it only rains on uh, weekends and holidays here in Seattle. Oh, that's yes. <laughs> so. Yes. How, how far does it take you to get from Mercer Island to um, your office? It used to take about 22 minutes. Now it takes about, um, 10 to 12. And no, so, no ferry. There's no ferry. No, it's a Mercer Island is, um, it, it's an Island, but there are bridges, um, two bridges on and off. So very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I think I've told you before that my sister lives there. Oh, okay. Or maybe okay, I haven't, yeah, but, yeah. um, every time yeah. when I think, oh gosh, I can't wait to visit Seattle again. I think about the designers that I can go see and bother. We'd love to yeah. have you now. Now may not be the best time. I know. I know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have no travel plans, no travel. <laughs> anyway, that must be weird yeah. for you. To, well, you um, like Gail. Yeah. Yeah. It is weird to be grounded, but I adapt very well. I really Good. do. So it's been all right. You, um, you do beautiful work and oh, thank you. You have an interesting, um, some interesting things. And I'm sure that I'll discover some things that I never even knew about you. So many things. So, all right. So let's start. All right. Okay. Okay. So where did you grow up? You know, um, I grew up, uh, on Mercer Island actually in the house that I live in now. Um, yeah, we, um, I have, was born in, uh, well, I was born in Bellingham, north of Seattle, but my parents moved down here shortly after I was born and um, bought some property and built a house. And um, I was raised in the Seattle area. I went to the University of Washington. And then I, after college, I went to New York City and went to design school and got an associate's degree in interior design at the New York School of Interior Design. Mm -hmm. And I lived in Manhattan for seven years and um, worked for interior designers and architects. Can you tell us where you cut your teeth? Yeah. Um, for Martha Stack Limited was the interior designer I worked for. And James Bodner was the architect that I worked for. And so, okay, so what did you study at the University of Washington before? Oh, art history. And what did you think you were going to be when you were studying art history? You know, I really wanted to be an architect. My father is um, a construction litigation attorney, and he was like, no, 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 uh, architects don't make any money, and uh, it's always their fault. And I didn't, I've never really listened uh, to my parents, but... Uh, Rebel girl. It was, it was the, the, an architecture degree was going to be take me five years, and I wanted out of Seattle, if only for a brief period. So I um, chose art history, and um, took a lot of architectural classes, um, but they didn't have a design degree, and so then I um, kind of started exploring like all these design schools. I think I got information on twenty six design schools all over the South and Europe. And the New York School of Interior Design was the only one I ended up applying to. I just really, really wanted to go there. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, shortly after I graduated, I took off to New York City and loved it. So I'm, I'm not quite done with your, with your art history part. So I have a couple <laughs> other questions. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Just, well, one thing is, I was just curious, did you study abroad at any time in your undergrad? I did. I studied. I um, spent a semester in Siena, Italy. Mm -hmm. I'll say that's my junior year. I can't quite remember which year that was. Yeah. And what was like, what impressions do you have? Isn't it weird thinking? I mean, when you did that, like you didn't have a cell phone, right? I'm, it's not like I'm dating anybody, but did you? No, no, no. Okay. Oh, right. It was pre cell phone. No, as a matter of fact, a couple of years ago, I was cleaning some stuff out and I found all these letters from college girlfriends, you know, that we'd written back and forth. And I was like, wow, no one, you know, ever takes the time or rarely takes the time to do that kind of communication anymore. So it was just kind of cool to see those things. Right. But yeah. I remember we, 
the big technology was my parents would send me faxes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And did you yeah. did you have traveler's checks by any chance? Do you- Oh, of course. <laughs> American Express traveler's checks. Oh my gosh. Wow, this is like a museum. I know, right? Um, yeah, I'm so different. And Leanne, we didn't even have phones. And yet when we did go to Europe, somehow we found our way, right? I mean, if we yeah, got lost, we no big deal. Down. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, kind of more of an adventure sometimes, so I know it is, it is kind of good. It's good that we have that. Now I'm of course a slave to a GPS, but, um, Oh yeah. So you did, so you studied in Italy. And then my other question was, when did you start feeling the pull to design? I've always had it. Always. How did it Um, show up? I mean, my, my, I used to build tents, like elaborate tents. Uh, my parents had bought a cabin that, you know, one of the drawers that the former owners hadn't cleaned out had a bunch of old sheets in it and we'd pull those sheets out and hang them all over the yard and create rooms. Um, you know, I was just trying to get my, convince my eight-year-old daughter to play outside. And she was like, what do you do outside? And I was like, look at the garden. This could be a bedroom. This could be a bathroom. This could, you know, it's like a, you could make a playhouse out here. And she had no interest. Um, <laughs> and how'd that go? <laughs> she was like, what do you mean use my imagination? Um, so I, I used to pick up materials on the beach and make little huts with, you know, I'd pick out flat rocks and make a tile floor and, um, you know, experiment with different materials for roofs and stuff like that. And, you know, later on, um, we used to play a lot with Legos cause we spend our summers up in the um, San Juan Islands where my parents had a cabin and we had no, you know, no, they didn't have cable. So we didn't have TV. And so we were outside or when it rained, which does a lot here, we were inside and I'd play with Legos. Mm -hmm. So I kind of joke that that's why I don't like angled rooms is because you couldn't make angled rooms back then with uh, the Lego boards. Okay. So everything was kind of very square, but yes. I loved it. And my brother and sister, they'd always get kind of frustrated in their friends because I'd suck up all the materials, but I'd make these really fun houses for everyone. So they'd let me do it. If this was today, I would have like taken a picture of everyone that I built, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then shared no. it with all my friends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do it now. Um so uh, we still have the Lego collection, actually. My kids play with it, and occasionally they'll make me have me make a house. Um, How many kids do you have? Fun. I have two. I have a son who's 10 and a daughter who's 8. Hmm. And do they show an interest in art, artful pursuits? My daughter loves art. Everything is art, but she has zero interest in um, being an interior designer. Wow. She has so, time to come around. She has time to yeah, come around, yes. For sure. Yes. All right. So um, you get to New York and you're going to school at um, New York School of Interior Design. And how long did it take you to complete your, your associate's uh, Because degree? I'd taken a lot of art classes that uh, carried over, I was able to do it in a year and a half. Mm-hmm. What are some of your like best memories of, of school? Do you have any like special ones? Or what was your favorite class? Um, I think my favorite class ended up being a drafting class because I ended up, um, it was actually like my first day of school there. I met a girl that was in the class who was from California and she'd moved to New York to be with her boyfriend and she was starting there. And we just quickly became very good friends. Um, Both the jobs I had in New York were with her. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And we actually ended up starting a magazine together. Well, I want to talk to, okay, save that. Cause that's Sorry. something I can't wait to get into, but, but I, but wait, um, where did you live when you were in New York? Um, I lived on the Upper West Side. What, what street? Cause I was in New York. Um, so I like to know specifically. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, the first apartment I had was the 77th in Columbus. Mm-hmm. And then I lived, um, let's see, on 73rd in Columbus. And then I lived for five years up on um, 93rd in Columbus. Wow. Did you pick the West Side because it spoke to you? I could find the best deals, but I just loved, I loved the 
town, the kind of smaller, they're more, it just felt like more trees. It felt more residential than the Upper East Side. My school was on the, um, New York School of Interior Design is on the East Side. Right. And so I loved, I walked, um, I lo- I would walk through the park, snow, rain, anything, um, to school. And I, I, uh, I think my favorite memories actually of school are, was the walking through the park. Mm-hmm. Your commute. I'd have, I'd always have what I'd call my Mary Tyler Moore moments where I'd kind of, I wouldn't actually do it, but I always imagined myself throwing my hat up in the air and having that kind of like single woman in the city freedom feeling. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's good. Oh. That's good. I, I love the West side. I think it's like, it's just a little bit sleepier than the East side, a little bit less traffic and you get the sunsets, you know, it's like yeah. pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. Um, so, okay. So you're in school. You, um, did you work for, um, the architect and the designer while you were in school or when you got out? I worked, uh, for the designer while I was in school and then, um, for a little bit after, and then, um, I went and worked for, uh, the architect doing drafting. That was, I mean, talk about oh olden days. That was like, nothing was on a computer. Right. So. And when you, when you had your apartment on the West side, did you go and buy your drafting table? Like, did you go to, uh, well, let's see, um, Sam Flax or Charette or. Pearl- <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, gosh, what was that art store? Uh, oh, Lee. Like, did you go 50, to Lee's? Lee, Lee's. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. Lee's is where I bought all my supplies. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I went to Parsons. So, oh, okay. and I was. I think I graduated in 1991 with my associates in interior design. So I had my drafting board in my living room and, oh gosh, those were the days. Oh, that's fancy. I was in studios most of the time. So my my drafting board was in my room. Oh, well, I mean, I had a glorified (laughs) studio. It was like, they called it a one bedroom. It was really an L-shaped studio with French doors at the like L in between. But it was, yeah, Uh yeah, it was not not grand by any stretch of the imagination. So tell me about the magazine. When did you start that? And what was, what were your thoughts? What was your vision? Um, well, my friend Kira came to me and was like, you know, let's start a business together. And I was like, okay. So we were trying to figure out what we were going to do. And, um, her boyfriend at the time was running a, a magazine called Silicon Valley reporter. And she was like, you know, I think we should do a trade magazine for interior designers and architects. And what and, did, what year is this approximately? Oh, approximately. So let's see. This is about 1997, I think. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's when we started. I think we started publishing in 1998. So we took a course at um, uh, NYU. Um, that was uh, how how to launch a magazine, <laughs> and it was like a six month long course. Not very, it wasn't very long, and um, like meeting weekly. And we just listened to this guy talk, and he owned a bunch of little trade magazines, and he handed out these articles. And one of them was, "It is possible to launch a magazine for under a million dollars." And we were like, "Cool, this is awesome." We didn't pay attention to the fact that the article was written in 1973. <laughs> <laughs> Always so, pay attention to when the yeah. article was written, <laughs> yes. people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we just kind of, I think we were powered by not having any idea what we were doing and just doing it. And um, we just started talking to people. And I, it was just one of the most fun things ever. I loved going and talking to people that were just like, had no time for me, but you'd start asking them questions and they would just share some of the most amazing stories. So and define people, it. define the people. Like, were you going well, to designers? We go to designers, but we'd also, each of our issues had a theme. Mm-hmm. Um, we published, see, we, um, we composed, we did 15 magazines. Um, it came out six times a year and we ended up publishing, um, 14 of those. The last one did not go to print. Um, but we, each one had like a theme and we'd go around and we'd interview resources or antique shops and 
I remember going to Newell Antiques and interviewing the owner there and talking to him. He wasn't very interested in talking to me until we started asking questions. And, and you know, then he started talking about, you know, how um, Jacqueline Kennedy had come to his shop and they'd picked out stuff for the White House. And, you know, he he'd hear people in the magazine or in, in uh, newspapers talk about how, oh, I stayed in the Lincoln bedroom and I touched, you know, Lincoln's whatever. And he's like, no, Jackie O put that in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jacqueline Kennedy at the time. So it's just kind of, it was just interesting to hear little stories like that. Wow. 14 magazines out the door. Mm-hmm. That's, that's amazing. And what were, like, what were your covers like? Like who was on your covers? Uh, the very first, you know, we, we begged for photography. Our first issue was the Silk Road. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, it was just kind of um, a lot about just resource, kind of just unique resources around the city that kind of evolved around that theme. Um, we did. Was it a very remember. New York centric design magazine? It was very New York centric for most of the resources. However, for uh, for a lot of our shopping, however, we did occasionally go. We did um, a, a, a let's see an issue on London, so we went shopping there, and then we and had a bunch of resources from London. We had um, a francophile issue, mm-hmm. so shopping in um, Paris, and um, you know we'd had like an antiquarian. Cool issue, and we had um, like a summer issue that was all about the garden and pools. Did people um, subscribe to your magazine? Did they buy it? Was it people or- subscribed, mm-hmm. and then we also gave it to um, we'd find lists from like the D and D building. Um, worked with the New York Design Center. Um, you know, we just kind of we'd print. There were twenty thousand magazines we'd print, and we'd give them out at a lot of showrooms and, um, and trade shows. Mm-hmm. Did, did the experience of being an, an editor slash publisher, I mean, did you, did you have, um, were you on the editorial side or were you also selling advertising? There were two of us. Uh-huh. So okay. You did everything. <laughs> we did everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and does, do the skills that you had or, or the, training that they gave you does that ever come into your business these days like do you ever think back you know or? I think that the writing does for sure but it's also just learning about resources and kind of what people do and the craftsmanship and what to look for mm. um you know all those kind of things like I remember we go into embroidery studios or we talk to people who sold antiques and kind of just um you know, I wish I'd been older when I did that experience because I probably would have understood how amazing it was at the time. Right. Right. <laughs> um, looking back now, 20 years later. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was just a really fun, unique, amazing experience. Well, I guess you have always had the ability to tell stories. I mean, you know, n- not everybody is a natural storyteller. And so being, you know, being an editor, being able to do that. And then I guess now telling the story about what you do in design and you know, what you do for your clients. Yeah. You know, I think kind of like anything, as you probably know, is like, sometimes you, you just have to let the story go where the story goes. You can't always have a plan because oh, of course. you never know. You just kind of have to follow where the, the answers take you. I, I agree with you. In fact, sometimes somebody will, um, uh, schedule a meeting with me, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and then after that meeting, say they will follow up and say, so when will the story be published? And sometimes I say, oh, that meeting, I mean, I had that meeting because I wanted to kind of feel that person out. Like, Uh I don't always know where a story is going to go or if, you know, being force fed press releases, it doesn't always go there because that's like the formula, you know, and I, I don't, I kind of resist formulas. So um, it's, it's interesting. You get You're to right. know people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get to know people, see where it goes. And sometimes you have to file it away for later. Exactly. Exactly. 
So you left New York. What brought you back back home to Washington State? Um, life. <laughs> it was it was actually very odd timing. We were kind of debating whether or not to go forward with um, the next issue. We'd put it all together. We're ready to send it to print. It was the beginning of August, and my business partner told me that um, she'd since gotten married and that she was now pregnant. We just had a lot of conversations about you know, the money that was coming in and what was going on. And I just didn't feel that I could give her the time that she would need to be with a baby um, with just the two of us doing all this. So we kind of made the long, hard decision to pull the plug on it. Mm -hmm. And we did that in beginning of August. And I kind of spent a month, we kind of closed things down, figured out what we're going to do. And I sublet my apartment for two months. Um, cause I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I decided to just go back to Seattle for two months. So I sublet my apartment and I left New York on September uh, 5th or 6th, 2001. Oh goodness. And, um, you know, mm -hmm. the, the decision was kind of made for me, um, a few days later. So, um, uh, after, uh, the two month lease was up on my apartment, I, I did go back to New York and spent about three weeks kind of photographing everything and going, you know, visiting all kinds of places, um, saying goodbye. And then I packed my stuff up and moved back to Seattle. Mm. Wow. And then what did you do when you got back? Um, then I vowed never to work in interior design again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> And so I that went did. and took it. <laughs> you didn't job. keep your vow. <laughs> I actually took a job. Um, I worked in my dad's law firm. Just it was in, you know, doing some uh, paralegal type work and or document clerk work. And um, I did that for almost a year. And then I got back into interior design. And I, I recall from a former email between us, is your husband a lawyer? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you meet him at your dad's firm or somewhere else? No, we met through friends. Mm -hmm. We were set up. Yeah. Um, and much later. Okay. So yeah, I just started, I was actually started doing um, real estate and I was buying homes, fixing them up and selling them and just kind of did everything until, and the interior design was just kind of the thing that stuck. Mm -hmm. And um, I had one friend who I've known since preschool, who said, you know, I want you to come over and pick paint colors for my house. And I was like, okay, I'll pick the paint colors if you pay me to paint the house because I needed the work. So I painted her whole house. And then she would tell everyone that came over that, you know, Leanne picked the paint colors. And I just slowly started getting work. And almost every big project I have right now, I can trace back to contacts that she gave me. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, that's so cool. I'd actually love to see that whiteboarded like to me. I because I love the whole relationship string. Um, I'm, that's not an assignment. I'm not giving you homework, but I'm just saying that actually sounds interesting. I'd actually kind of love to do it because I've just done it mentally, but it is. Oh, well, if you do it, take a picture of it, because I then I, then I, I'm just saying if you do it, I'd love to see it. I think <laughs> no, that could be a really cool story um, yeah. just to talk about that, because that's probably Unique, but not that unique. You know, I think it, when people um, think back. So that's how it, that's how it all began for you again. Mm -hmm. And so how long have you had your own firm? Um, it was 17 years last uh, February. Mm. So yeah. oh, lots of ups and downs or lots of ups or how is it, how is it you out know, there? It's, it's mostly been up. Mm -hmm. Um. But it's, you know, um, I would say that the downturn from 2008 probably kind of came around 2010, mm -hmm. which coincided with um, what I call my recession babies mm. who were born in 2010 and 2011. Um, so we've, we've had work, but it's definitely, it's kind of gone up and down. Um, we've been very thankful that we have some great jobs, uh, the Seattle residential um, Projects are booming like crazy right now. So, yeah. Uh, uh, the hardest part is just being able to like get stuff done because of 
you mean labor and COVID and or, yeah, mm. yeah, mm-hmm. um, just getting materials sometimes, but the I mean the work is there, right? Can't do it fast enough. Hello, dear listeners. I wanted to take a little break here to relay the good news that planning for our second online designer experience is now underway. So mark your calendars for Thursday, September 24th. The designer experience for those who have never attended is an interior design community gathering with presentations, discussions, and tours that combines practical business advice and exercises with design education and inspiration. Back in the old days, we hosted these two-and-a-half-day forums in person. Today, we deliver the same high-grade content by Zoom, coupled with that DT dose of heart and soul that goes into everything we do. Go to designerstoday.com to the Events tab and click on Designer Experience to learn more. So Leanne, do you think that there is a Northwest design vernacular? Every designer is different and kind of brings something else to it. But I kind of find that, um, you know, I'm not a huge fan of really like pops of color. Mm -hmm. Um, I tend to like layers of color and more natural and more subdued. I think we have such amazing scenery around here. We've got mountains, water. Um, It's kind of it's almost more about looking outside. Mm -hmm. There's not as much glam here in Seattle, Mm. even, you know, some of the, you know, people that have, you know, some of the stuff that you see in like Los Angeles or in New York, people don't do that here. Um, it's really more about spaces and people really live with their families and kids and friends. Everyone wants really durable. I'm trying to find the white fabric that doesn't show red wine ever. Right. Right. You still haven't found it. (laughs) Well, we're getting closer. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think blue jean, um, stains from blue jeans is also a big problem. Really? Oh, well, yeah. some overdyed denim. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I remember buying a pair of pants once and it's like, do not sit down. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do not buy. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, and is there before COVID, like, is there a tight knit Seattle design, community or is it spread out? I've worked um, hard to kind of network more with architects and contractors and have gotten to know um, quite a few designers in the last couple of years. Uh, Before that, I think I had my head down working that I just, I didn't even realize how many designers there were here. Right. Um, But, you know, everyone's really friendly and. um, Oh, I thought there was a Seattle chill. No. (laughs) Oh, well, I mean, it's, we're not all having dinner at each other's houses. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> the Seattle chill is, is real. Okay. Um, but it, it's a mental attitude too. So I think you can break that down if mm. you need to. Mm-hmm. Do, you, um, do you have a group of designers? I mean, as far as like um, it's sort of your, your group, your go-to, do you, do you meet with people either um, in, in your city. And I, when I say meet now, of course, I'm thinking Zoom and, and other ways like that. But do you have a group that you sort of have monthly or regular meetings? I personally don't. But part of that is I'm, um, I do have friends that I can ask questions, though, and we share information with each other um, about more local resources. But as you know, I'm in Gail's, a member of Gail's boardroom. Mm-hmm. And so that is kind of an online community that I have held on to very tightly. Um, so that's your group. COVID. That's yeah. That's my group. Yeah, yeah my tribe. Your go-to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's. And how long have you been um, in the boardroom, so to speak? Um, this is my third year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's so so many um, good, cool people. There, it's just a great community, and even you know, just the we just she just did genius exchange online for the first time, um, mm-hmm. last weekend. And so I got to meet some more people through there and it was just, it's just always great to connect and share. And, and, you know, it was actually kind of funny cause it started early for me, uh, Saturday morning. So, you know, we were online sharing at like six or something. <laughs> well, it started for me at 7am, but 
you know, everyone was at home and or most people are at home and and very comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's I mean, it's it's amazing what you can do online. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like uh, it really, to me, satisfies the the getting together part. I mean, I'm not missing people. I'm seeing people more. I'm connecting with people more, I think, than I than I would have. I mean, not that if I go to like a trade show, but um, day to day, I definitely am connecting more. Yeah. Yeah. But I do miss, I miss, I miss the hugs. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. miss the face to face. So it's going to be weird going. Hopefully soon. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, what's been the most challenging part of all this, uh, for your business? Childcare. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I have just hired, um, uh, a wonderful woman who's going to come and help take care of my kids in our home so that my husband and I can be out working. But that was like from the start, figuring out how to keep my kids off screens Yes. While I was at home working, um, was not going to be an easy task. Um, and we made it through the end of the school year and, um, the summer's been okay and (laughs) we will get through the fall. So, um, right now, are your kids not going back to school or is it like nobody knows yet? Right now they have just announced that they are not going back to school. They're starting online and I believe they will do it three weeks at a time, but just seeing where things are going. Mm-hmm. And I just can't imagine that they will be going back to school in the fall. I wonder what it is going to be like, what this will impact will have on our kids, like in a couple of years, you know, what these sort of COVID kids will be like. And it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, my, my daughter's very bashful and, you know, she doesn't like going anywhere without a, a full fleece coat on. It doesn't matter if it's 85 degrees and, you know, now she's started wearing a baseball cap and a mask. And so at some point she's gonna have to take all that off and it's going to be interesting to see how comfortable she is. Mm. So mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of new. There, there's a new world out there awaiting us. Definitely. So this person that you hired, will they, um, Will they help like with some of the kind of homework activities and just sort of? Yeah, it's just the big thing is getting them online and making sure my son is actually paying attention to his class and not starting a video game. Right. Oh, that's so good. That good for you. I mean, I think I I hope. Yeah, I'm I don't know what I would do if I had kids your age. I really don't. Um, Actually, she came. The thing I loved about her, she came up. She's like, how would you feel if we did this? program called um, a thousand hours outside. I was like, what's that? She goes, well, it's the, you know, trying to spend at least a thousand hours outside um, during the school year so that it competes with that. You spend more time outside than you do online. Mm-hmm. I was like, tell me more. And um, there was a website and there's a packet and it's like, it's all about like making a map of all the parks on Mercer Island where my kids live or, you know, just going outside rain or shine and finding leaves and then journaling about them or just, I mean, all these different kinds of things. And I'm like, yes, please. Cause I, my kids love that kind of stuff. But it, you know, when you're working from home, <laughs> it's hard to uh, keep them engaged in those kind of activities because you need someone who's really um, immersed in it with them. Definitely. It makes me want to play. I want to play that game. <laughs> Um, and, and, you know, to, to also ask conversely, okay, so that was, that's your biggest challenge at the moment. And, and like, what's the like sweet silver lining that you've realized? Well, one thing is that I did realize that my team was incredibly productive working remotely. Mm -hmm. Um, because we did work remotely, um, for three months. And we were able to keep things going. Um, I definitely missed the in the office interaction. We're all back here now and wearing masks. Um, but, you know, it, although I would say March was super scary, it was just, I, I felt very fortunate to be in Seattle and be in a market where people are doing pretty well. And there wasn't the fear that, um, you know, most people would lose, or at least our, I would say our clients would, um, 
lose everything mm-hmm. through this. So um, I just was able to look at it from a place of abundance. And I tried to learn it. I use it as a learning period to do more reading, do some more online learning. Um, signed up for those masterclass lecture series. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Frank Geary, Anna Wintour. They're amazing. <laughs> Get the chance to do those. Um, you know, just kind of watching legends have like retell their story is so amazing. Um, but there was just, there's just an, a lot of opportunity to kind of look within. Um, and, you know, once I got past the fear, I started to be able to enjoy my family a little more. Right. Right. <laughs> and um, so it's good. I miss my parents, though. I'll say that. Mm. How and far are they? They're close, but we just, um, you know, we respect the distance to not have our kids around them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my in-laws are in California and we're not quite sure they're in Lake Tahoe and we normally go every summer. So I really miss not being able to go there. Right. Right. I did. Um, yeah, I miss my family too. I did get to see them. I went on the road in June and, and spent a couple of days with my parents and, uh, I, I like drove pretty much straight through from North Carolina to Florida. I was like, I'm only stopping to go to the bathroom. That's it. You know, (laughs) and mask and hand sanitizer and like back in the car and um, I think like two stops and I was there. So it was such a good drive. It was, oh goodness. Um, So yeah, family's hard when they're, when they're at a distance. Um, So what? I I would say the silver lining in Seattle is the commute. Oh yes. (laughs) We've got, we've got Amazon and Microsoft all working from home. Gosh. Um, and so, I mean, that started it and then it just kind of got better from there with everyone else staying home. So commute got real easy. That's going to be hard to give up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was talking to a designer from California, from LA too. And she's like, now I'm like, let's get in the car and let's go downtown, you know? So <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you guys, yeah, I know here in High Point, you know, off market, even on market, it's, you know, you know how crowded it gets. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's easy. It's easy around here. So tell me. Um, Leanne, like in your work, what is the best part? What, you know, what brought you back to design? What keeps you in it? I really love helping creating spaces where families just feel at home, where you don't like they're designed where the function, they're beautiful and their function, people are just happy. Everything kind of has, you know, we've built it all out. So everything has its place and, um, and families can just be family. I love, you know, I wouldn't say that I necessarily, I mean, I'm sure in some ways I kind of have a look, but I, I really like each project to be about the individual client Mm -hmm. and how they're going to use the space and how they're going to live in the space. And, um, and I'm not, resistant to pieces of art that they've found that they love that maybe not everyone would love, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but the fact that it has meaning to them. Um, I, you know, one of the things for most of my clients, I'm really particular about the first piece of art that somebody sees in like an entryway. Like I'm really insistent that that art needs to tell a story of the family. Like this is, this is, this is us. Mm -hmm. And that's really important to me. And, um, so I think that I just, it's the relationships with family. Right. If your clients, um, if, if your clients come to you and they have that piece of art and you can make it work, that's one thing. If they don't have that piece of art, what do you, where do you take them? How do you get them, you know? Um, well, I help them, uh, there's a lot of amazing, um, galleries here in Seattle. So we, utilize those resources. Um, but I also, I encourage them to go even when they're traveling Mm -hmm. to just find something. It has to, it can't speak to one. It's got to speak to both. Um, I, you know, have a, a lot of clients that have been in a lot. I've worked for families that are, you know, multi-generational and I've worked for, I've helped um, I think one of the most meaningful projects was helping a husband and wife downsize from their 
large home on Mercer Island to a uh, um, an assisted living facility where I had to take all their existing art collection and furniture, which was beautiful antiques and things, and help them place them in this new home and make it feel very comfortable and familiar for the two of them. And um, it just, it really meant a lot to me mm-hmm. to be able to assist them through that time. Yeah. And so we're doing another project like that hmm. right now. So how many projects are you juggling? Um, right now we are, we, I think we have about 12 different projects, which, um, a lot of them are larger than we normally do. So, um, but we usually have about 20 projects at a time. Um, but right now we have some really large scale new construction projects. And your team is how big? Uh, there are four of us right now. Mm -hmm. And everybody stayed on through COVID? Yes, we did. Um, we lost, I wasn't able to bring my intern back, um, because we're only, um, uh, our office, we're only allowed to be at 25% capacity and we have capacity for 13. So only four of us can be in the office right now. Otherwise I would love to hire another designer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, in due time, Leanne, in due time. Yes, I know. I know. I know. Let's just get past this little bumpy phase right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And all that. Um, well, I have enjoyed getting to know you, you know, is there, is there a question that I haven't asked you that I should, that well, I'm just trying to think. No. Um, I'm just wondering, is there any way from Seattle that I could be assistant to you? Oh, I love that question. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hmm, former magazine editor, I really am interested in other voices being heard on the platform, whether it's in the print or online or, um, yeah, or panels or, you know, things like that. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always looking for designers to bring into the mix, you know, and I like to mix that, mix it up, keep it mixed up. So um, my intention, yeah. my intention for the year, I put my computer screen is the, um, what I joke is the wrong end of a microphone at a podium with a blurred audience, um, because I'm supposed to uh, get past my fear of speaking in front of people this year. And right after I put that up, I got an email, um, to submit for a Ted talk. And I was like, oh no, no, that's, too fast. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Somebody heard you. Somebody's, yes. you know, mm-hmm. it's a little um, interesting, interesting. And if you were to do a TED talk, what would you do it on? Do you know? That's so funny. Um, I work a lot. I don't know if you know Nancy Greystone. Um, I don't. She is a, she is a writer in uh, Santa Monica. She um, assisted Barbara Berry with the writing of her book and she's worked with a lot of designers and um, she's my messaging coach. And so she is trying to get me to figure out a theme for my TED talk. What is a messaging coach? Um, She just helps me a lot of times when um, I, you know, putting material together for my website or I'm putting together, you know, someone sends me a bunch of questions they want me to answer. I'll answer them. She helps me sound very smart. Okay. Very cool. I love the, the, that title. Um, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. She's not someone who will write anything for you, but she'll help you. She'll, she'll help you find your voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Like, Oh, that, this is what you meant to say. <laughs> I love that. She'll tease it yeah. out of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's much more conversationalist than, um, she, she kind of turns everything into kind of like a, the thought process or the conversation as opposed to just a direct answer. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I would like to, <laughs> I would like to learn more about that. Oh goodness. She is uh, a Gale find. Mm-hmm. Goodness. There's so much, I mean, it's like, there's so much to learn and there's so much to do and, um, and there's so many people to meet. I mean, there's just so much goodness out there. You were saying, you know, when you started in the magazine business and people didn't want to talk to you at first, but, but that, that eased, right? I mean, then they, 
at some oh, point. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it did ease. Yeah. But even in every conversation, it would kind of ease. It's just, you know, most people, especially stiff in New York, people kind of have their guard up. Mm-hmm. And when they realize that you're not actually trying to get anything, you're not trying to sell them something. Right. Right. <laughs> um, they start to let their guard down and, you know, everyone has a story. I mean, I think that's, you know what, that's one of the greatest things that I think I've learned about all of, I mean, I've always known it, but like the COVID's kind of taught is I'm doing a better job of asking um, people their names, like taking the time to like see people and talk to people. So many, you know, I hear so many people telling stories of people coming in and being on their phone the whole time they interact with vendors or they're just not paying, people just don't pay attention. Mm -hmm. And you know, now that we were all sent to our rooms for however long, um, now that we come out, if we could just kind of see each other more and be more present and just realize everyone has a story and, you know, everyone could be a celebrity tomorrow if their story were told in the right fashion. Oh, totally. Yeah. So you're going to High Point? Well, I I live here. <laughs> so oh, okay. I live okay. here now. I moved from Florida in September. I'm glad I moved here. Because I, I feel like it's the the Disney for designers and and other industry folks and yeah so oh it's a beautiful place love coming to oh, the market makes so, me happy yeah. makes me happy yeah. well this has been nice thank you for your time and it was a pleasure okay yeah well I hope to see you relatively soon thanks okay okay bye Take Leanne care. bye. Thanks so much for listening to said. I sincerely hope you got something of value from the podcast that feeds your brain and fills your heart. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you're in the interior design trade and related industries and would like to sign up for a complimentary subscription to the printed or digital magazine, visit designerstoday.com right now and sign up. Until next time.